Hello, and welcome to Columboys, the podcast all about the classic back-to-basics, timeless world of Lieutenant Columbo. I'm Mac, and joining me as always via the internet is Ben. Welcome, Ben. Ah, hey, Mac. Hey. Uh, wow, you're coming through really clear today. It's like uh, it's like you're almost in the room with me. That's because I am. What? Ah! Hey! Oh, my God, you're right there. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you scared the shit out of me. Okay. you got to cool. remember to, like, look up oh. from your laptop. Have, how long have you been there? Uh, the whole time. Okay, that's crazy. All right. <laughs> okay, I guess Ben is in the studio. That's a little weird, but as long as there are no other surprises, just me and Ben in the studio, just a normal episode. Uh, Boo! Ah! What the... Hi. Hi, Mac. What? <laughs> Internet personality Molly Lewis. Haha, <laughs> I live in this room. Oh my god. How long have you been have you been watching me record the episode all of the episodes of Columboys? Yeah, I live in the eaves. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't even realize there were eaves <laughs> in here. Hanging upside down. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Well, um, we're about to record an episode of uh, Columboys. Um, have you uh, seen the episode uh, Agenda for Murder? Oh, I was watching it over your shoulder. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is all very surprising to me. A spooky uh, March time episode. <laughs> Man, you really get on blinders when you're watching. You know, I'm very focused. As you know, I'm a complete professional. The Columbo zone. He goes into that. <laughs> Absolutely, I am. Um, this week, we're taking a look at season nine, episode three, Agenda for Murder. This episode marks the triumphant return of Patrick McGowan in the starring and directing roles. This is McGowan's third episode in the villain role, and it will not be his last, Benjamin. Do oh, not worry. Oh, yeah, Patty McGoo. <laughs> this episode features another cameo by virtual series regular Bruce Kirby as Sergeant Kramer. This episode also features an appearance by Mrs. Doubtfire co-star Anne Haney as McGowan's secretary and Mad About You recurring guest Louis Zorick as the uh, murder victim. Um, and that is the end of the pre-written portion. And, and the boyfriend from Murder, Murder, She Wrote, is the, the presidential candidate. Is that who it is? I don't know the name of the actor. He's the boyfriend <laughs> from Murder, the, She Wrote. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know that much about Murder, She Wrote, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, there was an episode where, like, some kind of, that dude showed up, and then they did a smooch at the end. Spoiler okay. for Murder, She Wrote. Sure. Yeah, spoilers, I guess. There's a lot but, of, yeah. um, I mean, you know, that's kind of the thing of these uh, 80s episodes. There's a lot of uh, familiar faces. Yeah, it was the era for oh, absolutely. Yeah. TV yeah. murder movies. Um, yeah, so uh, there's also, I didn't write it in the intro, but we also see an appearance by uh, the actor who played uh, Tony Stark's uh, scientist friend in the original oh, yes. uh, Iron Man, the yes. guy who helps him build the Iron Man suit. Yes, the dry cleaner um, with, his with his crazy mullet. outfit. It's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I was focused more on the hair. You were focused on the clothes. That's yeah, just that's, that's about where how we it are. goes. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the podcast. <laughs> um, all right, so I we're back, baby, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty good. episode. It's a good episode. Yeah, I think it's like a tremendous return to form. <laughs> oh yeah, like, no, absolutely. This I is, yeah. Uh, sorry, oh, I, just, I'm not I was used just to, excited. I'm not used to being in the same room with you. We're talking over each other. What a weird... I, I know. Fun. It's a very weird... Because like, we're used to like the delay and waiting for each other to... No, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm with you. It, it, it was really... Uh, it, it was really lovely for this to feel like it was, uh, I mean, basically a 90s version of like a classic, of like the, the best of the Columbo. And yeah. I mean, I think part of that is the fact that McGoon was heavily involved in this. You know, obviously, you know, starring and and directing, directing it, yeah. and it was familiar enough with the uh, the general format of the show to kind of bring it, you know, to steer it along that form again. And it has that real sort of classic back and forth with a really uh, sort of um, 
not centered, but like a really uh, in command Ground, villain. Yeah, grounded. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, I love um, a good old fashioned, uh, you know, uh, ornery, yeah, ornery oh, yeah. murderer. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like, like in the, this is in the old Peter Culp uh, yeah. style of the guy who just hates Columbo so much. Yeah, and it's <laughs> so contemptuous of him. I mean, to the point that like every time that they have a scene and he is uh, and 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 Patty is like climbing into his car, like he zooms away so fast every time. And they, I mean, he makes a point of fixating on it, but like it works. It's it's a yeah. very good yeah. It's a very good illustration of the like I'm done with you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, oh my god! <laughs> Mac just zipped away in a car. I'm done with you. Just I need to stop dropping my pencil. Um, I I think that like it, it's funny because we've been watching these ones that feel very like. Um, focus testy or like studio-y kind of like, hey, you need to update Columbo and make it cool for the kids. Yeah. Even though Columbo's never going to be cool for the kids. He's like... No, seven. He's, he's a grandpa He's now. a grandpa. He's like in his late 60s, early 70s, yeah. something like that. He's not cool. It's one of his defining <laughs> yeah, exactly. features. Like that's fundamentally the deal with Columbo. Is yeah. He's not the cool guy in the room. He is, he is the irritating guy who keeps picking at it And he it goes until up against the cool, it. powerful guy. That's his whole dynamic. Right. But like it... Putting, make, he's a fish out of water in a fancy place. You don't have to add the added layer of like sexiness. Like that's not that's a bridge. You've gone. Right, wait, double are dip. you telling me that you didn't enjoy the not Playboy Mansion episode oh, or I loved the it. like sex therapist oh, episode? It's, it's like those are to- yeah, really. I'm Bring so it. glad we're out of the like silk stockings oh, versions of oh, Columbo. You, yeah. Oh, you think you're out. <laughs> I hate to, to yeah, break it to you. Both of those episodes were just on in my house while I was in the house. And I really. <laughs> yeah, sorry it, about to that. To have um, in this episode, uh, Columbo has a young lady explaining fax machines to him, which was a welcome <laughs> relief from like, so the people they role play as courtesans, do they? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a nice yeah, change yeah, yeah. of frame. I have a, I have a yeah. little clip. We can listen to a little bit of the uh, of Columbo. <laughs> Gets oh, a fax, fax machine machines. explained to him. <laughs> you dial in a number, telephone, press start, that's all. And you can send it anywhere? Anywhere that has a fax machine. Anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. And how long does it take? Seconds. You mean just by dialing like a phone number, that letter will come out across the street or on the other side of the world in seconds? It's not the same letter. It's an exact copy of that letter. A facsimile. A facsimile? A fact. <laughs> no. Dang, oh. <laughs> I know. A lot, I, of, a lot of tech in this episode. Oh, yeah. There is. And I mean, fax machines. As, as, as hilarious as that is, you know, to listen to in 2020. Oh, my God, it's 2020. And this was almost 30 years ago. Hey. Uh, anyway, um, as funny as that is, like it's also really uh, useful and relevant to the the entire episode sure. like, when they lay that stuff out for us. Um, at the at the time, I'm sure. I, I, actually, I think we may have spun around on fax machines, and I think mm-hmm. maybe young people don't know what a fax machine is at this point. Yeah, at this yeah. point, I think it, we may have pe- moved enough past them. When yes. in doubt, always overexplain. If you yeah. if you work in an office, like people still use fax machines for office work, but you don't 
see like you don't really see them in, right. if you if you're not like working in a couple of very specific fields. Yeah, I would say like legal fields are where you would still see them around, and even then, it's kind of migrated towards like, yeah. using computers. You know, when you go to... by a FedEx place and they say that they have a fax machine there, and you're like, I don't know what this is, and I don't care about it. That's what they're doing. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's that. I mean, I, I think I said at one point while we were watching that. Um, this episode might as well be sponsored by AT&T because a fax machine plays a uh-huh. big part. Call waiting is brought up. As you said, yep. there was a car phone. Uh, there's an answering service. There's an answering uh-huh. service. There's um, Columbo uses uh, speed redial yep. on a phone to yep. redial on, the last number of the of the yes, victim. Yes, on a, on, a, on a very <laughs> conspicuous AT&T model like, yes. office <laughs> telephone. Yes. It has very much the feel of, of a 1950s uh, sort of... Uh, infomercial for phones. Yep. <laughs> phones, they're everywhere. Yeah, except with murder. <laughs> murder. Yeah. Even murderers use phones. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you know, joking about all of that aside, like really, it uh, it is a remarkably good episode, mm. especially in this era when they were making them. And uh, boy, that's just such a breath of fresh air. Well, I mean, you want Columbo to be confused by a fax machine. If Columbo was like, you know, hacking the mainframe, that would certainly not, <laughs> right. that would be the opposite of what you want. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that that would, yeah. No, you're you're correct. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, you, <laughs> hi, Mac. I, I don't know what just happened. I drifted away. Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, do you want to, do you want to run us I'll through the I'll do the murder. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So, um, we've got uh, Finch, um, played by Oscar Finch, mm-hmm. played by uh, our boy Patty Magoos. Um, he is a uh, defense attorney, a criminal defense attorney, yep. whose best friend uh, is a congressman. Mm-hmm. Um, congressman Mackey. I keep forgetting his first name. But uh, Paul Mackey. Paul Mackey. Yes. Um, he was, and Paul Mackey is about to be named as the uh, the vice presidential uh, nominee. Uh, on a uh, party on a party's ticket, it doesn't say which party. No, it doesn't specify. It's Mont. Uh, yeah, Montgomery is the candidate who yes, is like the, the go- governor of California, ostensibly, right. and it is the California like primary. Again, yeah. not specified what party. And um, so uh, I think it's the total. It's the final primary. I oh, believe, is that I what believe, it's supposed to I be? I believe like at the end of the episode, he is named the nominee. The nominee. Yeah. Okay. So so that's that's uh, this is sort of the final. Pu- I don't know if it's actually even the California primary or if it's just the. He's overall. the California governor. He's the California right. governor, and his campaign base is in the Biltmore, which yeah. is this hotel that. The important part out. is. Hey, it's going to be like a big national like it's be candidate. Big, just me- media attention is yeah. what factors in. Yes, really. media attention and, and the fact that Mackey be- is gunning to eventually be, be in that seat himself. And then he wants to be president. Yeah. And then uh, he wants an Oscar wants uh, him to nominate him as the attorney general. Right. Um, that's sort of both of their plans for advancement to, into the White House. Um, and then they get involved in something criminal, which, as we know, would never happen. So uh, then uh, <laughs> Oscar, Oscar gets a call from uh, Frank Staplin, who is a, uh, a well-known racketeer, a mobster in uh, California. Yeah, I think the newspaper clipping refers to him as Mr. Lucky. Yes. Yeah. Um, he, is, uh, he calls up uh, Oscar and says, uh, Mr. Finch, and he says, uh, I will release the details of uh, 
of a previous event. He doesn't go into specifics at a time, but he says, right. I'll release the details of our little arrangement unless you help me with this case that's about to go to trial. He's about to be indicted on a case that he will definitely be convicted uh, on. So um, Finch goes to his uh, office, fabricates some stuff with the bullet that's a little confusing. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there, there's aluminum foil and dish gloves. Marigold dish and, gloves, yeah. And two sets of pliers involved. Basically what he does is he, he empties out the powder from a bullet and burns away some of it and uses cigar smoke to cover up the smell of smell it in his powder. office. Yep. And then he goes over to... Uh, to Stapleton. Yes, thank you, to Stapleton's house uh, to tell him, no, I'm not going to do it, as Stapleton threatens to, like, tell everybody the fact that uh, that he, Finch already did this for him back in 69. Uh, nice. You know, yeah. <laughs> and so, and so uh, he shoots him in the head and then uh, makes it look like he committed suicide by uh, putting the gun in his hand and then putting powder from the bullet onto his hand so it looks like right. that uh, was like he was holding the gun when it was fired. Um, and then he leaves and goes back to his office and goes home. Walks back in the rain yeah. to Walks his car. Walks back in the rain to the car, goes home. And then Columbo. Right. <laughs> then and that's the why episode asks, begins. Yeah, yes. and that's why he asks about the fax machine right. because Stapleton had used the fax machine to send... A racist joke to his wife who was in Hawaii. Hooray! <laughs> I will spare... I was going to clip the joke, but no, honestly, it's, okay. it's fine. You we don't need, need to... No, it doesn't factor yeah, into fine. the murder or Listen, the alibi. Yeah. Let, let's all just agree that it was for the best that Columbo didn't read us. The second joke that I mean, didn't get faxed. It could have been a lot worse. Let's just say that. Yeah. I mean, as it was, the second one probably was, was mildly, worse. <laughs> mildly racist yeah. as things distasteful, go. Distasteful. It was distasteful yeah. for sure. I, yeah, racist might be might be pushing it, but it was definitely not <laughs> something I want to put into my podcast, um, into our podcast. I'm sorry, Ben. You can tell I'm really upset. I know. Um, you have that. You have that look on your face. Always. That's the one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Colombo uh, comes in. Uh, he notes that there is blood under the gun. Which is not sticking to the gun, which means the blood dried before the gun fell on the blood. Yes. And he's very puzzled by this, as he should be. Right. And that's like that's his first sort of indicator of something is amiss. Yes. Um, he also takes the time to eat a lump of Reggiano cheese. Uh-huh. Which... In fact, he doesn't just eat a lump. He cuts off <laughs> enough that he can eat some and forces um, Kirby. Kramer. Yeah, who yeah. repeatedly refuses, says, no, I don't want the dead man's cheese. <laughs> right. Says, no, you got to try it. And then and then he's like, mm, interesting taste, I'm, which I think means I'm, he's not used to super umami cheese like a Reggiano <laughs> that is like aged for decades. But a Reggiano's like, it's just like, Parmesan, yeah, right? it's, like it's like really it's like the best version, it's the best of, version of Parmesan. Yeah, so it's, it's not like it's not really like a snacking cheese. Generally, I is I, it? I mean, if you're into cheese, yeah. it absolutely is. Okay. but it is also the cheese that like you use a, the rind of to like thicken up, like you know, is it minestrone? How would I? How, how do I pronounce? It's, that? I would I say know. like <laughs> mere inches yeah. from. Yeah, but, it's mere inches from the dead man's head. As yeah, well. there is also that. <laughs> yes. Like, hey, this guy's been, uh, you know, he stinking up this place. Certainly would have yeah. bled on it. 
Um, also, yeah, it is noting that when I say that blood fell on the floor under the gun, a, a single, single drop. drop. Apparently, if you shoot a man in the forehead, a single drop of blood comes out. Comes out of that hole, and then the <laughs> other blood apparently doesn't come out of his head until you tilt it forward onto a napkin on the yeah. desk. I mean, which, hey, I'll take this, because I appreciate that, you know, McGoon sort of rolled back to, like, okay, we can use blood now, right? but what if we just use a little bit... Instead of, like, spraying it all over the place like yeah. the guillotine episode. Right. Oh, I only saw the canon episode with McGowan. Was oh. there a guillotine episode Oh, not well? with him. No, oh, okay. no, that was, that was um, one of the first from, actually, it was the first from yes. uh, the 90s when they came back to the show. <laughs> oh, right. And it's a stage magician and, uh, and a like, fake psychic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, it's good. Yeah, Anthony, it's a, Anthony Zerby gets his head cut off. There are a lot um, of things I like about that episode. It's, it's a weird ass episode, it and it's super eighties. Yes, but anyway. Um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so the, the, this blood, this is the uh, this is what gets Columbo started on thinking it it was not a suicide. Right, and then it's like the chase down of yeah. you know following all of these leads and getting back to like I, I do. We don't usually. He has the boys at the lab bag the cheese up for him. So he I know. Can take He's it like, home. oh, I'm going to eat that oh, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, r- he said that cheese travels, I think. <laughs> I know. I bless his heart. I mean, I appreciate it. I wouldn't want that cheese to go to waste either, but yeah. also, like, my dude. But I come know. on. There's a lot of unnecessary snacking in this episode. It's a, it, is, it is a plot point that Patrick McGowan is constantly chewing gum. Chewing gum or like. He eats a lifesaver, lifesaver. Mm-hmm. He eats a lightsaber. He's a lightsaber. He eats a lifesaver. Seems like it would hurt. He yeah. has a jelly bean, and a, during a very dramatic scene, he pulls out and eats a jelly bean dramatically. I don't know how you eat a jelly bean dramatically. Well, but Patrick McGowan does knows it. how. He yep. does. He knows how to do it. Um, Listen, but, that man can smolder on camera. <laughs> he can, and yeah. he does it through this entire episode. Yes, I would say that aside from the incredibly weird and violent laugh that he does um, after the jokes, which I might take some time to, to chase down that because it is uh, uh-huh. it is very strange. Yeah, it's um, a great... I, I love that bit. I also <laughs> love that that scene because he's just come out of, like, winning a court case and yeah. his car is parked in, like, the red stripe, like, tow space. And they it's just a big long shot of the two of them and the car. And I love that you pointed that out. Can you start at just the punchline to the distasteful joke, maybe? Um, Without the setup? Because the, the, the <laughs> break that he takes before yeah, let me losing see. his dang mind in the fire lane. You called that a mining? <laughs> it's so aggressive. It's still going. It is. Bless his heart. Everyone, let's try it. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to do the initial. That's kind of the, like, that's the stab, yeah. The, like, short staccato. Yeah, it's almost but... Pee Wee Herman-esque. <laughs> no, it totally is. It's, it's like Pee Wee Herman. It's a Pee Wee Herman laugh with gravitas. Yes. Like, <laughs> it is though. Think yeah. about it. Yeah, that's true. You're you're not wrong. But uh, yeah, I mean, and the the, the episode is just full of great yeah, stuff like that. But that's maybe the only time he shows, and even that is, yeah, even you're right. Even that is aggressive. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. There really isn't any part where he's like sort of friendly or warm. 
Um, no. The closest is when he is when he talks to his his best friend, the congressman, um, mm-hmm. who who he still has a fairly adversarial relationship with. Um, at one point, when they're uh, about to discuss his alibi, they're actually getting down to discussing the mur- the murder, and he sort of admits to his friend that he did it, but doesn't. Re- I doesn't, right. Not doesn't explicitly words. say, yes, yeah. I shot him in the head. He just yeah. acknowledges that, yeah. yeah. He was shot in the head. I, it would, it's good for us that he's dead. Isn't that yeah. great? <laughs> yeah, that's all you need <laughs> yeah. to know, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he, but <laughs> the way he, the scene happens is he walks into the room, picks up a pack, a, a tin of sweets, a tin of jelly beans that's in this guy's office, walks over to his desk and sits down in his chair and has him sit in, like, the guest chair across from him. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's such a power move that he just sits in Mackie's chair. But, I mean, that's... And that's part of the thing that's so great about this is is the, the way that Magoon kind of acts and directs. Yeah. Like, he... He knows how to structure the things to remind you of sort of this character's arrogance and and how he just thinks that he's in charge of everything around him, yeah. which, I mean, he, he really kind of is. Yeah, it's because I only know Magoon through watching all of The Prisoner, which is how most people know Magoon. Yeah, yeah and generally. He, he basically poised himself as number two. Like, it's the same sort of, like, mindfuckery sort of power play stuff. Yeah. But instead of number six, it's a little sort of, you know, pillow sack of a man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 very similar to what he's done before on the show. It's yeah. just it's like it's really lovely to see him come back and do it again, and especially like decades on, he's aged a little bit, and now he's an older you know he's an older gentleman instead of like closer to that like in his prime where he yeah. would have been considered more of the like hunky like spy you know like yeah. star guy but. but yeah he understands that the whole Columbo murderer dynamic is sort of Columbo plays to the arrogance of the murderer yeah was, Pat- was Patrick McGowan hunky during the prisoner days is that a is that an appellation <laughs> well, so Hun- hunky was him? different in the 60s I, I, okay. yeah yeah okay. well yeah. so I mean listen he I mean, I mean he's a handsome we, we, fellow we, I'm not right. saying he's not a handsome fellow we've talked about this before that yeah. like they approached him first to play James Bond right like he so that should tell you kind of what I mean, because then they got Connery, who is considered to be such a heartthrob, you know, for decades. But right. the morality of Bond troubled him. Right. Yeah. Or the amorality, he, he was, rather. He was devoutly Catholic. Now, at the same time, Iron Maiden asked for his permission to use clips of The Prisoner, I think, in their music video. Uh, and he, when he was, like, ostensibly in his 80s. And he was stoked about it, <laughs> which I just love. But but anyway, yeah, no, because he, uh, Secret Agent, uh, also known as Danger Man, was the <laughs> series that he did like four seasons of right. through the transition from like black and white television to color TV in in the 60s. And that was the thing before The Prisoner. And that was definitely a period where like he was, he was certainly a hot dude on television. Okay. Well, asked and answered then. Uh, <laughs> feel, yeah, TLDR, he can get it. Yes, yeah. apparently. <laughs> Very handsome fellow. Um, I, I, I do love how... Um, I, I, it's something I noted when we watched the episode, uh, the, the Spycraft episode that he was in. Um, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, when he pretends to be the old professor he puts he puts on this like white wig and uh-huh. this goatee and he looks exactly, exactly how like he that. looks in this episode <laughs> yep like yeah somehow. it's just it's just like a mustache instead of a goatee <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly it's it's just like he the the prophecy has been fulfilled and finally he he looks like he has yep. aged up to that yeah time's a flat circle <laughs> yeah 
man, that's quality stagecraft right there. Yeah. It's knowing which are going to be in like 30 years. I think mm-hmm. the amazing thing about this episode is that aside from the fax machine, you could take this episode and lift it up and move it back to the 70s and it would still 100% work as a Columbo back then. Like that's, I think, yeah, I think that's, what, that's why this one part? works so well. Like it, it's so timeless because the ones you know that that were we we didn't really like were very in the now of the now they're kind of based right. on trends mm-hmm. um and this is sort of just like a classic story that really only lies there's only only one sort of like trendy right. gadgety well, it's like, thing yeah the the gadgety thing is just the fax machine and right. that's that's mostly about establishing you know oh he was doing this thing and got interrupted yes, more did. than it was anything relevant to the fact that it was a fax. And then the only other thing about that is really like uh, relevant to the catch, which is the gum chewing and the fact that he's always like uh, angrily eating in those scenes or whatever. It's like yeah. when he goes <laughs> to visit um, uh, Mr. Lucky, you yeah. know, uh, but uh, when he goes to visit, um, there's like cheese and snacks out, and he eats some cheese and leaves. He eats half a bite of cheese yeah. for some reason, and then, and doesn't and then think to like uh, <laughs> dispose of that. He's so meticulous mm-hmm. about yeah. everything else, but for some reason, yeah, this specific like he thing. wipes his prints off the gun. Like he's fastidious, and that's the thing that gets him. Which honestly is a really nice, like yeah. it's a nice catch because it's also they they give us the breadcrumb trail towards that even from the beginning. And they put those pieces in place rather than to be like, well, you couldn't have seen this coming because ha ha. <laughs> but the only other thing I would say uh, that might be in that era is just the dental records thing. Because sure. I don't know off the top the of my f- head. The if forensics they, thing? Yeah, the forensics yeah. Um I mean, yeah, that was sort of new um, based just, on like just a the... Just newer. They, they, yeah. they name drop uh, Ted Bundy yeah. in this episode, uh, which yeah. was co- uh, contemporane- uh, contemporaneous to yeah. this. Um, yeah, which is still a creepy thing. It's to a hear. creepy thing, but they did use bite uh, marks to convict Ted Bundy, yeah. um, and uh, they use them in this episode. Now, the specific method that they use for this is not really how dental forensics works. Unfortunately, no, of course not. Because it's you need TV to have dentals. you need to have a very specific. It's about like having a very specific sort of bite, and and right. the way that they use it in this, it probably wouldn't actually. I mean, it may no. have because forensic science is misused a ton. But anyway, right. I, yeah. I, 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 well, that's why they tried that. to be like, oh, you're, you know, this incisor that you have his has a tooth. chip in it. Yes. Yeah, right. His yeah. eye tooth has a chip in it, and it's very unique. And yeah, it's, it's like got, a fingerprint. It's got gro- like what was yeah. this guy doing with his eye tooth that it's got a chip? It's got grooves in it. I guess he's always he's always chewing on stuff. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess he when picked he picked up a bottle cap and right. oh no, I thought it was yeah. a snake. He bites into that cheese like ah, yeah. ah, and that's, yeah. He's well, just been chewing on like creosote and right and just lava rocks and stuff. Um and scenery, but the um, like Columbo sort of quickly adapting to new technology is a thing that I've seen before because I know there was an episode with Robert Culp where Columbo really quickly figured out like oh a projector reel you say like just quickly figured out how projectors yeah work. yeah that's always been kind of a, a running thing is Columbo is entranced by some new. Yeah, by uh, some new fancy thing, yes. and then by and then, the end of the episode, he uses it to like to string pull you the rug up. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is unfortunately another. Uh, I like the cheese thing, but what I don't like about it is that everything else, like the you, all you need is the cheese thing to convict. Right. Everything else is sort of like just window dressing, and I don't like how like it's like well, 
now we have this piece of evidence, so all the other stuff doesn't really matter. <laughs> right. So we don't have to chase down all the other. Yeah. Yeah. There is a little bit of that. I I, I think it's used okay in in that it's not it's not entirely red I herring stuff. I still really like it, and I still really like this episode. It's just that's only that's my minor complaint. Whenever it's like. Um, we have the one decisive piece of evidence that always feels a little like... Um, well, the decisive thing placed him at the scene. Everything else they had was just about like, well, I'm pretty sure you did it, sir, alibi. because... you yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Because when he talks about like the car and like the fact that it was dry under the car and the rain on the suit... I know that like, your car was all... parked there. I know you had to walk through the rain. I know yeah. you, were, you, know, every, you were in your office. I know that you, your alibi doesn't hold up. Yes, but can you prove that I did it? Well, no, sir, you got me there. But what about this piece of cheese? Well, you got me there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of part of it is since he's supposed to be this high-profile, like, successful defense attorney, like, criminal defense attorney, right. I think that's part of the thing is these might be things that would shake a normal person, but he is so acclimated to deflecting those things and navigating around them, even in a courtroom, yeah. that it's just not enough to kind of get him to crack in any way. I think I'm just nitpicking because I don't really have anything bad to say about this episode. No, like, truthfully, I think it's just I really like it, and um, you know, a, I just am looking for something to talk about. It's a good episode. <laughs> I mean, there's there's amazing stuff. Like, uh, there are there are little kind of cool uh, fiddles with the the sort of classic format of the just one more thing and things like that. Like when Columbo goes into the hotel. The ballroom. Yeah, and that ballroom, which uh, has a like has carpet and then has a rug that is the exact same pattern yes. that is matched to where it fits on the carpet. Like it's just this weird little, but it's a great it's, long shot it's, that they use. It's such for, a strange, like it's, it's a good shot, but then if you think about like he comes into this, Oscar Finch is having this um, planning thing in this completely dark, giant, um, giant ballroom lit by like two spotlights uh, or like two lights that are just sort of filling in the center of the room. Yeah, it's a very, honestly... It's stagey as hell. Yeah, I, it's a, like, I was going to say, it's a very the prisoner moment. Like, yeah. out of all of the things in the episode, that yeah. is definitely the one that screams, He's like... He's in number two's office. And yeah, like that level in. of, like... Everything is shot from very far away. Yeah. I like, thought it was a composite a shot, echo. and then he went out the door, and I was like, oh, damn, that's <laughs> yeah. a real room somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I think part of it was like the the flex of we can shoot in this room. I can shoot this scene from so far away, and it, you know, kind of in the it's like the Citizen Kane stuff yeah. with the and the it, giant you know it version seems of sort of it seems sort of pointless that he's in there. But then later, that is the room where the large the the, the celebration party, party right. for the nomination happens. So it does make sense. But it is weird. It is a weird little like right. scenelet to have him walk into this giant. Echo, very yeah. echoey room. They didn't do any ADR for the, for this one, <laughs> um, but it's incredibly echoey. And they have this short little scene where uh, Columbo asks questions, and uh, he gets yelled at by uh, yep. <laughs> by Patrick McGowan. That's pretty much how most of their scenes go. That's like yeah, that's if he doesn't get yelled at, he gets that laugh, which is arguably worse. <laughs> 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 he gets he gets yelled at, <laughs> laughed at, and then and <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I love the hostility. It's, it's great. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. I, I, I mean, yeah, what, I don't know. What do you, Molly, do you have anything you want to talk about in this one? Does Mrs. Columbo exist? Yes. Okay. Does she have a first name? She has existed at some point. Yeah. There, there, we have, an, in the episode <laughs> where they go on a cruise, 
Uh-huh. Um, other characters refer to seeing Miss Colombo and having previous conversations yes. with Colombo. So at and those one are real point, humans and who are not real having people, a fever dream. There's like the yes. captain of the ship and like a, and like a couple other people refer to having seen and interacted with Mrs. Colombo. She's climbing up in the rigging. She's she, jet yep. skiing yes. off the back of the ship. Yeah, she yeah, exists. Basically. She's yeah. yeah, but she's always having too good a time. She's always sleeping something off during that episode. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but she did does or did exist. We I think we at this point have enough information to suggest that there is or was a Mrs. Columbo. Right. Right. Now, having said all of that, since it is now, you know, like in the 90s mm-hmm. and they are still talking about her, it's possible at this point she is no longer with us right. and Columbo just continues to... I mean, he definitely yeah. got a new dog and right. is pretending he has the same dog because mm-hmm. otherwise that dog is like 30 years old at right. this point. Yeah, um, and I have some questions. <laughs> yeah, because I at some point he asks uh, he asks Paul Mackey and for his autograph because he's like my wife she's a fan of local politics you see she's <laughs> right right a, and he goes oh of course I'd be happy to what's what's her name and he goes Mrs. Columbo cut to commercial yeah and it's such a hard cut to commercial too like just I know it's supposed to be a, a bit a of name. humor but like yeah. and they and they just stare at each other I know like it's very much I don't know why they didn't add the cartoon bow I know because it very much need that. Or like a slide whistle or wah, something wah, like that. Wah, yeah. wah, wah, Thank you. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like the perfect opportunity for them <laughs> yeah. to like hammer wah, on wah, that wah, damn wah, song. Wah, Maybe they wah. like had planned to have a musical stinger, but they like ran out of musical budget <laughs> and they're like, oh, we'll just leave it in silence. They, yeah. they spent it all on that Dixieland music that they played during yeah. the California primary. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or, or McGowan was like, absolutely not. Like you can have that music, but you cannot have it as a joke. <laughs> You know, it's I, a, I really it's don't know. Serious yeah. business. Yeah, we can kind uh, of ease yeah, people into I, advertisement. I mean, we know her name from the spinoff show, but I don't think that really. No, counts. it's non-canon. Non-canon. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, that's my point. Is that's not really <laughs> the same as like it being mentioned in Columbo. So yes. we're so when we through episode fifty-two, and so far we do not know her first name. No, okay. and we never will. Neither does he. Seemingly. We never will. Um, she. They, it's never revealed. Um, yeah, we can hear a little bit of the. Let's hear a little bit of the Dixieland. Um, from oh. the campaign rally. Uh, well, technically, at that point, it becomes a... It's a celebration party. Oh, God. Ooh. Why? There was a Dixieland version of California Here I Come at some point, <laughs> which seems like <laughs> no. an oxymoron. No. It's a little weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not exactly sure. The, uh, the music direction's a little weird not as well, egregious as some. No, I mean, no, it's, it's not the it's not the dis, the techno version of uh, this old man. <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, yeah, no. that was the whole. Well, it was like synth. It was like synth. This old man. Oh yeah. no! But the whole episode was like clearly scored by one guy, and and it yeah, I. It was a real thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. Could you please? This is. Please. The please Saints stop have this. gone a marching. Hey. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, no, honestly, uh, I noticed in some places that this had music cues that felt normal for a film. <laughs> right. Like, and, and correctly used uh, yeah. when it came, especially like in the run up to the murdering and all the preparation and things. And like, there, the scoring is not, uh, not. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? Incongruous? Yeah. It's not incongruous. It's not ostentatious. Distracting? Yes. Yeah. And And it's not until we get to Colombo and this old man comes in that it really starts getting uh, goofy. I think that's a lot of why we 
don't have a lot to say, honestly, because it is a really good episode. Yeah. And usually when we run on, it's because we're complaining about how bad <laughs> things are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, other than that, like you know, you know, there's some suit business that I want to talk about. Oh, I just sure. didn't want to like stampede over everybody else until until everybody got to like talk about whatever they wanted to talk everybody about. Everybody, strap in for some suit talk. Here we go. Yeah, let's do it. Of course. I mean, it, so it's it's Patrick McGowan. No, actually, uh, one of the things that I was fascinated by uh, in this uh, in this episode um, is that uh, you know we've been in this era of like the '90s and especially the last episode with the the Playboy sure. not mansion and all of that, like in the just, yeah, the really like, quote unquote, fashion forward, you know, the stuff that was sure. supposedly fashionable at the time, you know, which looks really bad and dated now. Most of the suits in this are, are kind of in that uh, it's, it's, conservative, yeah, like timelessness. Yeah, yeah, they have a very classic look to them. Mostly, there's a guy in like a salt and pepper where he has he still has like the '70s lapels. But uh, the big thing, yeah. If anything, they like the ones that sort of are weird are the ones that are throwbacks more than that are of the time. Yeah, like like things that stand out are more they more stand out because they're older, right? Than not because mm-hmm. they're new. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. and the thing the the thing that I wanted to draw attention to because obviously he's you know the feature piece of this episode is Patrick McGowan because. <laughs> Every single. You want to suit- talk about Patrick McGowan? I know. Well, I know you're surprised. For our Everybody's surprised by this. Before. You, you, but, yeah, the look that Molly is giving me right now, yeah, makes it very clear. <laughs> Everyone is really surprised about this. Um, but uh, no, the thing that I wanted to talk about is that he's wearing he's wearing a style of jacket that I normally really dislike intensely, but he is the shape and stature of man that it works for. And what that is, is it's a double-breasted jacket. Uh, it has no vent. And and generally, his are a very low-buttoning double-breasted. So they're like like a four-by-one most of the time, which is four buttons visible, and one of them is is buttoned. And like a four-by-two, you would button two on the side. But it's just it's a very low-slung buttoning stance. And that doesn't work on short or stout men. It only works on tall, slender frames, and that's what he is in this. He's like six foot plus, like he's a tall dude, and all of his suits are like that. Like he's got a chalk stripe, like gray suit. He's got, there's like a plaid, uh, you know, number that he's wearing. You know, there's like a navy one in there somewhere, and they're all this same kind of shape. And he's got like the, you know, it's got like extended shoulders, which make it seem, you know, make his shoulders seem a little broader Shaped than they like are. Shaped like a little nutcracker, yeah. Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's the thing is, it's like, and then when you see it in like the long shots and you see, you know, his slender frame and his long legs, like it all fits together and works. And yeah. that's that's not normally how you see those. You often see them in, you know, places where they look really bad. I, again, like the prior episode where we see the double-breasted jackets worn like unbuttoned and just flung around and with like the sleeves pushed up and you know yeah nobody's wearing pumpkin in this one which uh, featured prominently has miami vice come and gone at this point if we're in the very early 90s um miami vice has happened yeah Uh, i don't know if it's still miami vice (laughs) exists and certainly you know that was a fashion we're all dealing with miami vice in our own ways working out no you see you see that sort of um 
you see some of the aspects of that. Miami uh, Vice style. went off uh, the the year before. Yeah. Okay. So you see some of that style in the in the previous one, the the not Playboy Mansion one. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. with the like where the sleeves are shoved up. Techno and, man. Yeah. 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 No, no tech, is that Techno Man? man he or is that a different it? one? Yeah. No, no. No, Techno Man was a different episode. <laughs> what the tech? No, that was the, the synth. That was the synth. All synth? And that was the. Oh, that um, was that was the Playboy Mansion one. And oh, Patty Wax, I just say? tried to separate them because that's so much awfulness. <laughs> I think in one. you had a dissociative episode in the previous. Uh, in <laughs> yeah, the previous, I think you're uh, right. Columbus. Yeah. Yeah, I did a lot of Thank yelling at the screen when I watched it. Yeah, I bet. Be it's like yeah. one of the, f- honestly, like, was very happy when I watched this one to not be in the same room with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. I had, like, and I, like, coming in to record, I was like, I was like, should I talk to, should I, like, check with Ben and see if he's okay? <laughs> <laughs> because, like, oh. like there are sometimes when I come in and I'm like, Ben's going to, like, yell a lot about this one. And I'm gonna, I want to keep it light. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I knew he had yeah. a lot of. Fire thank, and Fury. So. Thank God I for Patty like, Magoo for bringing you back. <laughs> <to your laughs> yeah, I know he's your it's, he's your center. You, it, you know, it's nice after on, so many. Focus on the perfect image of Patrick Magoo and well, it's and just, who's number one? Patrick Magoo. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he just shows up and knows what <laughs> knows what he's doing. He's here to make a he's, he's here doing, to make a murder he's show. He's not good here to make friends. Episode yeah. of of Columbo. <laughs> And exactly. that's what we wanted him to do. Thank you, Patrick McGowan. Yay. <laughs> yeah. So that was, anyway, that's my big suit takeaway is pay attention to how that suit hangs on his frame and how he looks in his suits because he looks good. And the other politicians are wearing pretty conservative stuff that wouldn't stick out in, you know, in a professional setting these days either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which the is only, impressive. That's I, like, we were talking like 30 years. I really, um, the only like, Women's clothing of note was the uh, the secretary, one of Finch's uh, yeah, secretaries. Yeah, her jacket actually. No, oh, no, 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 the, the, the white the dress. ball dress. Yes. Oh yeah, she's wearing she's weird. wearing this very strangely cut, like poofy mm-hmm. ball dress um, that is very very nineties, very yeah. late eighties, early nineties. Like, it was all white too, Mrs. right? Finch it was white, but no, well. it had it had white, uh, it had pink and like blue sort of aqua splotches in it. Yeah. They're very oh. faint little, like, uh, I color. totally missed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that other lady in the office that we thought we recognized, but we didn't, who had, like, her little sort of gathered, like, prom dress-looking thing for the nomination ball. Oh. Um, no, that's who I was. No, that's who That's who you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah with the splotches? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very example of the form. And uh, Mrs. Finch also had, yes. when they came back, the night of the murder, and she had this sort of... Uh, I don't remember I who s- she was in Mrs. Doubtfire. I know she's in it, but I yeah, can't remember. I don't either. Yeah. But she, that's uh, she had this kind of boat neck looking thing with just like a punch bowl that her shoulders sat in. It's <laughs> very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's accurate. Yeah, um, yeah, not. But but women don't really like. I guess my kind of a complaint of this episode is that the women in it are are in service to the men. Yeah. and sort of peripheral. Um, which yeah. is with that that was that is very classic Columbo. Um, Unfortunately, that they don't really have anything to do with the plot, um, aside from the sec- the secretary of the victim who who explains a fax machine. That's the right. most <laughs> women really get involved. Yeah, uh, she gets in to identify a body and give us exposition. <laughs> explain a fax machine. Yes, yeah, to a grandpa, <laughs> <laughs> and help him hit a redial button. Oh right, because <laughs> he certainly couldn't figure couldn't out figure the out. button that says redial and just press it. This and see old what happens. man, he can't read. <laughs> Help him in his time of need. <laughs> and that's the kind of musical humor that you'll get if you follow Molly on her socials. That's what I bring. That's right. I'm so and I'm so glad you brought it to this episode. 
Um, I think that'll do it. I think, yeah, yeah I don't know unless you got anything I else really to say. I really don't. It's a good episode. It's a and really I'm, good episode. I definitely recommend uh, uh, watching it. I'm real happy that this exists in the 90s I, <laughs> because I it know. It is a fun little oasis. Next week yeah. is back to work, but um, <sighs> we get a fun, yeah. <laughs> fun little oasis here in the, in, the, in the 90s. And there's more P. Magoo to look forward to, There is one, one more. Last one okay. last one. Um, and it, 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 it'll, believe me. You don't, you don't have to, it's all Patrick right. Patrick we'll will it. return in our hour of need. Like uh, <laughs> like Gandalf the White, he'll come riding in on uh, on shadow facsimile. Fax says, ah, I brought it all back around gadgets. to nothing. I brought <laughs> it back around <laughs> for a meaningless reference for nothing. Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh, <laughs> that's going to do it this week. <laughs> that's going to do it this week for uh, Columbus. Uh, Molly, thank you so much for being here. I uh, live our here. Our first thank ever. <laughs> yes, thank you for being here. Keep in the my studio. house clean. Thank you for being so quiet the rest of the times that we recorded. <laughs> really appreciate of that. Um, if people want to follow you online, where can they check you out? Uh, they can go to my uh, website, which is mollylewis.wtf. Uh, and they can also check out my currently hibernating uh, podcast, which is at peanuts.gallery. And by the time this episode goes up, I will check to make sure that domain still works. <laughs> <laughs> what does the WTF stand for? I've always been curious about that. Um, women. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just put you on the spot and make you think of a joke real fast. I mean, I think it seems pretty self-explanatory. Well, because .com was taken. It was somebody's CV. Somebody's already sitting on, Mo- yep. on MollyLewis.com? Yeah, and .wtf was cheaper, and it was well, there not you taken. Go. Don't yeah. bo- bother the, I'm sure, nice uh, woman who owns uh, MollyLewis.com. Yeah. Leave, leave her alone. Yeah. Um, go to MollyLewis.wtf. That's stands me. for, wow, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, so uh, that's going to do it for Columbus. <laughs> ben, you all right? I'm good. You good? Okay. Um, yeah, uh, we'll be back next episode. See you in two weeks. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, that's going to do it for Columbus. I'm Mac. I'm Ben. And uh, just one more thing. Yeah. Columboys is hosted by Mac Johnson and Ben Swallow. You can follow them on Twitter at MacJ and at DandyGeek. The Columboys theme is by Seth Boyer. For more information about this and other great Waffle Media projects, you can go to waffle.media. Thanks for listening. Turn your head I really disturb some people with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they could hear us, then sorry.